It's our 2020 Extreme Rules Horror Show preview and prediction show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. why extreme rules is in july but that is the next pay-per-view for world wrestling entertainment and it is the next installment of the double turn podcast your go-to spot for all things wrestling it is the j-man and boss ross we do talk primarily wwe on this show we do talk impact which i'll tease the slammiversary preview and prediction show that i will be doing later this week because that show is on saturday but this show is dealing with yes i read it correctly the horror show at extreme rules for 2020 in which they combined the extreme rules logo and jeff hardy colors and made it a weird concoction of just nonsense for this pay-per-view in which we have six matches to go over We also will be talking a small bit about AEW's Fight for the Fallen that took place on the 15th of July and involved a match that was uh, supposed to take place not yesterday, but beforehand. So we'll quickly go over that and then, of course, give you our full preview and prediction show. J-Man, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, hanging in there. You know how it is. Uh, had a bit of a rough day, which I told you about off the air, and it was kind of a pain in my ass. So it's nice to sit down, look into my screen, see your beautiful face, rocking your Edmonton Oilers shirt. Hockey's about to restart in, like, what, two weeks' time? Or is it next uh, week? So the NBA and the NHL are, are both starting, the same starting within the same week. Okay, so end of July. So that's right. That's two weeks away. So I know that you're a happy man. Um, I know um, most of the sports fans are happy people. I mean, if you want me to be honest, I would have been happy if this would have happened two months ago. Now I'm kind of numb to it. I mean, that's fair. I'm just, I think. I'm, I'm just being honest. Not which you're allowed to be. And I, I, I'm sure that basically... I think, I, think, I think most of us are just over this. So I don't know that sports coming back is really going to fix being over this. I hear that. So to speak, that. I got you. Um, of well, course, I brought also- it up to kind of make, like, cheer you up a little bit because I know that you're uh, a hockey guy and it, it always brings you fuzzy feelings. Oh, sure. Don't get me wrong. Uh, of any of the sports that are coming back, it's probably the only one I'm actually excited about. Is hockey? That's fair. That's um, my my Edmonton Oilers, who I've been a fan of for a long time. They have a uh, favorable matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks. However, if they do fall in the first round to the Chicago Blackhawks, they have a one in eight chance of getting another franchise player in Alexi Lafreniere, which if you don't know anything about hockey, you would have no idea who I'm talking about. And that's okay, because this is a wrestling show in which, uh, as I say almost every week, we like to use the show as an escape from the tumultuous world we presently live in. This show, where this is what, episode 116? That is accurate, sir. Well, we've got a full slate of shows for uh, the rest of July and I think most of the rest of August. We'll probably tease that at the end of the show. 
let's quickly pl plug, uh, plug, plug and plug, plug and plug, you know, I'm just rambling all over the place. You can find this show on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. Slaying the game is the J-Man. He's put up polls. He's put up topics. He, uh, I, I believe he took another jab at me putting Booker T as number two in the best WCW uh, talents of all time, and that's I did okay. Not, I did not take a jab at you. I just I put on there that that was your number two. Um, it is. It is. I, uh, hey, there's I a lot three. of people. There's a lot of people out there who are big Booker T fans. That so you're not on an island by yourself. And I'm a big Booker T fan. I just didn't have him quite in my top three, but I had him in my top five. I didn't put Goldberg for God's sake. It's okay. It happens. It happens. We're all uh, well. We all have opinions. Some of them are uh, well. They're just opinions. That being said, the <laughs> the one and only J Man nineteen Ross the Robots eighty five. Those are our other Instagram pages. You can uh, message us, send us ideas at any of those. Again, the Double Turn Podcast on Instagram. You can find this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and the Anchor app. Again, the double turn under podcasts under any of those is where you can find us. So before we get into our main course, we got to talk very briefly about the AEW show Fight for the Fallen, which once again crept up on a lot of people, actually. Um, of course, if you've been watching the regular TV, I know they try to do good go-home shows. I know they've been battling with NXT in the ratings. I don't want to get too much into the weeds about the fighting over the ratings and the Twitter wars that have been going on uh, when it comes to that. But AEW did fight for the Fallen. Uh, it, of course, was in Jacksonville. Um, where they've been doing all their shows. So it is the equivalent of the Performance Center for AEW to WWE. They are doing all of their shows there. It's their home base, even though um, what's going on in Florida, uh, they are deciding to stay there and stay centralized in their own little bubble uh, to perform the shows. So Fight for the Fallen had... I believe there were four matches announced and then they added a fifth match and then there was a promo in the middle of it. So um, the main event of this show was John Moxley and Brian Cage for the AEW world title. Um, of course, Brian Cage with Taz as his manager and the FTW world heavyweight champion. Which... Remind me what FTW stands for. Uh, I believe it is uh, F the world. So it's, okay. It's Taz's thing. It's, gotcha. Remember in uh, WWF, he had the FTW 13 all the time? Yes. I, I believe that's what it stands for. Right. No, I just couldn't remember because it's been a minute. It's been 20 years. So I just want to go ahead and refresh yeah. my memory. It's It's basically a Taz thing. So it's like... Yeah, I really hate to make this comparison, but it's the only thing I can deem it being close. Huh. Do they want it to be equivalent to the million dollar title? I was going to either because say it that. fits the gimmick. Either that, or you know, I know this isn't professional wrestling, but very similar to what Nate Diaz and um, and uh, Jorge Masvidal fight fought for in, in uh, UFC in November, the uh, BMF belt. Okay. Uh, again, something similar to that. Yeah. Um, it could also, here you go. Here's another one that it could be. Um, in TNA, 
Booker T made his own title and called it the Legends title. And then it ended up being a belt for them that they changed three different names to of like, it was the Legends title, then it was like some other title, then it became the television title. It was a disaster is what it was. It was cool as the Booker T main event mafia belt that was kind of, you know, transformed into a belt. That was an interesting gimmick. I've gone on way too long about this. The point is Brian Cage is holding a belt that doesn't mean anything. It's it's legitimately the definition of a prop. So even though all belts are props in pro wrestling anyway, it's legitimately a prop. The point is that was the main event of this show. Um Cody did defend his TNT title. I almost called it the TNA title. The TNT title against Sunny Kiss. And by all accounts, it was a good match. Um, and that, you know, this is, this is a chance to show off because Cody's not fighting for the world title. This is as high as Cody's going to get. So if they're going to do something with Cody as a champion, this is, is about as high as he's going to get. Um, now, full disclosure, I did not watch this show last night. Neither so um, I'm only going off of uh, what was reported. Um, so again, in fairness, for those of you that did watch it and have uh, positive or negative feedback of this show, I was told it was a show. It was not really anything spectacular. Um, but for a TNT match, by all accounts, Sonny Kiss did very well. And uh, Cody did retain the uh, the championship as uh, as uh, he hit him with crossroads and pinned him to retain the TNT title. Right. You know what John what uh, Cody Rhodes is doing right now with the TNT title is uh, basically very similar to what John Cena did in 2015 with the United States Championship. He's basically not only trying to elevate the title. Obviously, he's got to elevate the TNT title because it doesn't mean anything because it's brand new. It's barely two months old. But more importantly, what he's doing is using it to basically get brand new people on TV and show them off. Show off AEW's talent pool. Show off the talent pool that they're willing to sign. And uh, I commend him for that. You know, I commend him for, for wanting to go ahead and give a shot at Sunny Kiss. And I commend him for wanting to go ahead and give a shot to, uh, I know Jungle Boy got a match, if I'm not mistaken. Um, last week, uh, Cody also defended the TNT Championship, but I can't remember against who. Um, or not last week. I, oh, I'm sorry. It was night one of Fighter Fest. Actually, that's who it was at Jungle versus Jungle Boy. And um, you know, there's a lot of people that he's uh, wanting to go ahead and use this championship for to go ahead and give exposure to, and I I commend it um, and, and whatnot. So shout out to Cody and AEW for using Cody's name in a good way. You know. Indeed. Um, if you were to tell me that uh, FTR and the Lucha Brothers were going to be a tag team feud for the next six months, I'd That's say sign me up for every single match. Yes. Because by all accounts, not saying this was, you know, an A-plus match, uh, but for FTR going up against the Lucha Bros in uh, their highest profile match since they've joined the AEW roster – um, by all accounts, absolutely no complaints. Um, you will very rarely have me have anything negative to say about anything the Lucha Bros do. Uh, same with FTR, formerly known as The Revival, by the way. Um, these four had, by all accounts, 
a very good tag team match. And um, it ended with, I believe, FTR hitting... Oh, I know what it was. So, uh, Wheeler, that's... Is that Cash Wheeler? Or is yes. That, okay. So, Cash Wheeler hit Tope Suicida into a DDT on Pentagon. And then... So, and then basically it ended it, it ended with a roll up, so it did not end with the tag team finisher. It ended with a roll up, which means that they are teasing that this is going to keep going, which I'm totally fine with. I know a lot of people absolutely hate uh, roll up finishes because cradle finishes have become more deadly than half of people's finishers these days. Mm-hmm. It's become almost cliche to have just a basic roll up. Um, but if this is match one and it tells a story that FTR escaped with their victory after a hard-fought match, I'm all for it. So if this means more to come, uh, FTR and the Lucha Bros, um, it should be quite good. Uh, again, not a classic, but good. And again, not every match has to try to be a five-star match. It's totally fine to have a good match to lead to a better match, which leads to an even better match. Or how about a good match and then a very good match and then a great match? I agree. It doesn't have to be a five-star match all the time for me to consider it good. By the way, um, the Usos in the New Day, they didn't always have four and a half and five-star matches. In fact, very rarely did they have anything of that caliber. But guess what? It was solid the entire time through quality and I, and I didn't get sick of it until it was like nine months in which normally i get sick of stuff way before that right so. and by the way i'm sure that once um one of the the uso that got hurt i can't remember if it's jimmy or jay but once they go ahead and heal up from their acl injury and they do come back if we were to get the new day versus the usos one more time i'd be all giddy for it because that would mean that they haven't faced off in like over a year and i'd be like i'm all for that why because i had a good break from the new from the new days in the uso from the New Day and the Usos, excuse me, and I'd, I'd be like, hey, I miss these guys facing off. I'm all for it. Not to mention there's a great comfort level between the five guys there because they know each other so gosh darn well. Um, I hear that 100%. And uh, it's Dax Harwood and, Ka- and Cash Wheeler. That's who it is. Uh, Dax Harwood is, uh, is Dawson. And uh, Wilder is a Cash Wheeler, um, just so you know. Um, no, thank you for the clarification. I was just making sure that I yeah. said it was Cash Wheeler, not Dax Wheeler. No, so I, I hear Harwood you. And Cash Wheeler. So I hear ahead. you on that. What I was just going to say was, um, you know, that for those of you who don't know, Dynamite did beat NXT last night for the first time in three weeks. So I think they're like up thirty-four to ten or something like that in the in the in, in the unofficial standings. Uh, and whatnot, and uh, it makes sense. It, it makes sense that they would go ahead and beat NXT last night. Obviously, their main event was a bigger main event than NXT's. Not saying NXT did not have a quality main event. They had Io Shirai defending her newly won NXT Women's Championship versus Tegan Knox in a pretty solid women's match. Um, not just a, not solid just for a women's match. Just a solid, de- a solid championship defense. Period. Bar none. Um, but of course, you know, if you had the pick between 
Cage and Moxley and Shirai and Knox, what would, you know, what would the majority pick? The match that they did not get the week previous, which was Mox and Cage. Um, and so, yeah, that all makes sense. And uh, overall, I would say that Fighter Fest, it was just a, what, a plumped up episode of Dynamite, if you will, which is perfectly fine. That's exactly what Fighter Fest was last week. And that's exactly what um, the Great American Bash was those, the last two weeks for NXT. Um, I think that what we need to take away from this is Chris Jericho is still amazing and will continue to be amazing. And I think that he needs to go ahead and go right back up to the main event, to a main event program and finish up. But he started with Mox. You and I were talking about this on the phone earlier this afternoon that I, to me, I think Jericho is being, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm about to say Jericho is being misused, but I want to make sure that I clarify what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's being misused in the sense that they don't know where to use him. I'm just saying that they could really use him in the main event slot right now because there's not enough, to me, credible main event heels in AEW's main event roster. Well, you and I were talking about this, um, and that is that ever since Jericho lost the title... He never got a rematch. Never got a rematch, and and this is not Moxley's fault. Um, Moxley has faced two guys in which they're first big match in the company Brody Lee and Brian Cage was against John Moxley so are you you're either you're either taking the belt off of Moxley very soon or you're having guys that just came in lose it's the same thing I said about Michael Elgin coming into impact and getting a world title match within three matches of him being there right. it's like okay he's facing Brian Cage for the title of course yeah. he's not beating him of course. So, and by the way, it, so why it, are you doing that? It just, I, I don't know. I hundred percent agree with you on that. And I'll end it on this. I don't want it to come across like, Oh, it's only AEW that's doing this. Same warning goes to WWE and NXT in particular. Um, Karrion Cross is a really big deal. And it seems like they're pushing him right to the top in NXT ASAP. And they need to also be weary of that. I know that he's got a matchup coming with Dijakovic next week, and I'm sure that he's gunning for Keith Lee. And basically take your time on that, because if you do want Karrion Cross to be a main eventer and be NXT champion, you don't want to go ahead and jeopardize Keith Lee's newly won NXT championship because of that. Make sure that you give time. Make sure that you give quality to what is Keith Lee, Instead of either you 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 potentially ruin Keith Lee's NXT Championship run, or you potentially ruin Karrion Cross prior to him even becoming a really big deal. Yeah, already started well with Karrion Cross in a way, and, and what I mean by that is obviously he beat Tommaso Ciampa. Obviously, he should not have probably squashed him the, the way he did, but he won anyways. Like I would have rather seen a twenty-five minute like great match between them than actually you know completely see Ciampa get squashed but my, my point is this this is a warning to NXT too don't do what AEW has just done with Brody Lee and with Brian Cage don't do that with Perry and Cross because then you're doing the exact same thing as well so just to uh completely wrap put a bow on fight for the fallen the the six-man tag between the elite and the Jurassic Express you should definitely check out um, Chris Jericho's promo is fantastic, in my opinion. And then the main event had a very weird ending. It was, by all accounts, a pretty good main event with 
a very suspect finish. So if mm. you want to go back and check it out, it was a nice episode of Dynamite that had a pay-per-view tag on it. Um, so, right, you can watch it for free if you go back to the TNT app. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to check it out, I would suggest checking it out. Um, oh, also, Vicky Guerrero is Nyla Rose's manager. That also happened on this show, which now gives us 17 managers in AEW, whereas WWE has one, and he's right. not there all the time. Right, and by the way, that's not an exaggerated number. I, usually, I go ahead and make fun of you and say, oh, that's an exaggerated number. No, it's not. Now, now, I believe WWE is about to have its second manager soon. With who? With because I don't know if MVP is going to wrestle full-time. I don't know either, but I know he's got a United States title match, um, which, we are, extreme, which we're about to talk about here in just a few which seconds. Which we are going to talk about. So, right, so you got what? I mean, you got Paul Heyman. You got potentially MVP. I don't know if you want to count Robert Stone over in NXT right now. Uh, I don't, but I okay. understand why somebody would. Right. I mean, um, it's because so, it's I mean, realistically, it's Paul Heyman. That's it. Well, I mean, I mean, you do have Zelina Vega. Let's not throw Zelina Vega on. Uh, are we saying she never wrestles? She very, she very rarely wrestles. Okay, she so wrestles, yeah, okay. I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. No, 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 no. It's yeah. it's okay. Yes, technically she counts because technically she's managing not one but two wrestlers. Correct. And by the way, so Ric Flair recently started managing Randy Orton, but. I mean, that's yeah, just. I'm not counting Ric Flair. Neither I'm, am I. I'm just not. Neither okay. am I. He just started coming out with them, and it's like, oh, it's a Rick. He's on TV. Are you mad? Of course not, because he's Rick freaking Flair. Yeah. Um, by the way, I just want to send a shout out to Santana rocking the Hector Lavo shirt in the middle of the promo with Chris Jericho of the Inner Circle. Ah, yes. Like, it's, my, it's my guy right there, Hector Lavo, the king of salsa. Your, your guy. If only, if only you knew how to salsa. Okay. I was really hoping that we didn't have to talk about that on air, you dick. Hey, <laughs> you're the one that applauded a guy who knows how to salsa. I figured maybe I'd ask if you did salsa, and then you I, got defensive. Well, because I, I don't salsa very well. My, my, my salsa dancing... So your salsa work. is like Victor Cruz level? Is that what we're talking about? Worse. Worse, Worse. than Victor Cruz? Uh-huh. Victor Cruz does a better salsa than you? Okay. Unfortunately, but I'll give you I'll tell you this right now. I bet you Victor Cruz can't play the saxophone like I can. So there you go, Victor. And anybody else who wants to judge my th- salsa dancing skills, let's talk extreme rules, bro. Oh, by the way, real quick, because you forgot to shout this out. Don't hey, hey, I'm just saying I probably didn't, but go ahead. Um follow Boss Ross on Twitter. At Boss Ross TDT, Ross, are you going to live tweet either Slammiversary or Extreme Rules this weekend? Yes or no? Because that'll make like three pay-per-views in a row that you haven't. Uh, no, I'm not going to be able to because I'm not going to be able to watch it live. Son of a biscuity bulldog. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. For the for the uh, for the two of you that are going to be upset about that, I apologize. So <laughs> one of them inclu- is me. One of them is me. <laughs> the horror show at Extreme Rules live on pay per view on the WWE Network on July nineteenth. It was supposed to be in San Jose, California, of course. Bailey's hometown. Yes. Bailey's hometown that she'd probably get cheered in, even though she's supposed to be a super heel right now. That would go over well. Yep. Uh, so because uh, 
because COVID has ruined everything. It's another show at the Performance Center for like the 17th event in a row. Uh, I would think that the cinematic match for this pay-per-view is going to be the Wyatt Swamp fight. I have to believe that. Um, unless somehow, some way, they do some cinematic thing with the eye-for-eye match. I don't know because I'm really dreading talking about that match. There that are match only, pisses there... me off because I love both of those performers, and you know that. And it seriously irritates me, the fact that I'm going to hate that match potentially. So would you, would you prefer it if it was two people you didn't care about? Yes, because then I wouldn't have to pay attention to the match as much as I probably will. Well, well you should be paying attention to the match. If it's a pay-per-view... I'm well aware of that, but if it sucks balls, then I'm just going to be like, it sucks balls and move on when we go ahead and do a review show. <laughs> okay. Yes. Says, says the man that legitimately threatened to not want to do this show. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Like, Extreme Rules, not worth my time, boss, Raz. It's like, dude, have we missed a pay-per-view yet? No, we haven't. I know. Almost That's... two years. Almost two years we still haven't missed a pay-per-view. Well, WWE and, pay-per-view. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I've also done... Uh, how many Impact pay-per-views have I done? I think this will be number three. This will definitely be number three. This will be I've number done... three because you did, you did... Have I done Have I done the last three Slammiversaries? No, you have did. I done? Have I done Slammiversary, Bound for Glory, and Slammiversary? I you did think Bound I did for that. Glory, and then didn't you talk about um, what was the first one of the year? What was the first pay per view of the year? Oh, I, that's right. Then that means I've done four. Nice. No, yeah. Okay. Very. Stay cool. on it, man. Well, anyway, Stay on it. anyway, that is uh, a nice little preview that I already did talk about. I am going to do a Slammiversary preview and prediction show, and. Slammiversary review show. So the plan is that I'm going to do the preview and prediction show sometime tomorrow. The show is on Saturday. I believe I'm going to try and do the review show Sunday and hopefully have it up by Monday. That is the plan for now because that's the plan. It may change, but that's the plan as of right now. So we'll see. This show, six matches. Of course, tomorrow is SmackDown. For all I know, three more matches and two pre-show matches are going to get added because that's what WWE does to us all the time. True, but they've also kind of like taken it, taken it back a little bit because remember, you know, Money in the Bank was like two hours and 15 minutes and it was great. I mean, you didn't have that many matches. It was just a quality show. Like they were able to go ahead and give time to everything that deserved time. So and you're saying that did the, something similar. So you're saying that the eye for eye match needs to be a uh, 40 minute voyage. Is no, that what you want? Absolutely what you want? not. Absolutely okay. not. I'd rather go ahead and see MVP and Apollo Cruz go ahead and put on a better show. I'm kidding. That's a lie. But now, I, I'm just here to tell you that I think that that match is. Uh, if that match was just a regular match, I'd be a happy person. Uh, now there was a leak for what the stipulation is going to be for the WWE title match. Um, supposedly, it's going to be a TLC match. I'm sure we'll get confirmation on tomorrow's SmackDown. Um, but as of this moment, it is still to be determined. So perhaps it was leaked. And now, because this has happened before, information has leaked about certain things happening and Vince changes his mind because it got leaked. So for all we know, 
This is going to be a um, Ziggy Stardust on an island match. I, I, I don't know. And just to clarify, Extreme Rules was not pre, pre-taped with the exception of, I'm assuming, the Wyatt Swamp fight. Yes. So, okay. uh, so for all I know, it's uh, it, it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler in a stairs match for the WWE title. I hate. I would. I would. Oh, and I by the Drew way, McIntyre. by the way, Big Show special guest referee. That would be fitting. Oh that, yeah. That would be fitting. And unfortunately, Eric Rowan's not with the company anymore. Because if not, I'd go ahead and say he should be a special guest commentator. <laughs> uh no. In that case, it would be a double special guest referee. Oh, yeah, you're right. Eric Rowan is on the outside. Right, exactly. Um, A la the – what was the match with – oh, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker for the WWF title, and Vince and Shane McMahon were both special guest referees. That was during the corporate ministry days. Remember that match? I sure do. Yeah, good times. That's way back in the vault for you kids. Uh, so, but not the should, Disney vault. <laughs> yes. Thank goodness. Because the Disney vault is the one that decides, we're just going to not have a movie show for seven years. And then, oh yeah, we're just not going to have it on Disney plus. Oh, don't get me started on that. They, they dropped the mighty ducks, which is great. But where the heck is mighty ducks two and three? Thank God. I own them. Thank God. I, I was going to say my, my answer to you would be own them. Yeah, I definitely instead own of it. instead of relying on streaming services, you lazy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, so there are six matches on this card. I don't even know where to start because I don't look. Everybody, I'm not saying I don't care about this pay per view. Okay, for all I know, this is going to be another pay per view where I really don't have a lot of investment in it, and it's and it may end up being a good show. For all I know, um, but well, I'll tell you what. On the show, I'm not looking forward to. Yeah, um, I will say this. Why don't we start? <sighs> I hate to do this to him, but might as well. Let's start Apollo Cruz and MVP. Apollo Cruz is defending his WWE United States Championship against Montel Vontavia supporter. Better known as MVP, who has been back with the company since uh, the Rumble? Royal Rumble. Yep. Rumble. Okay. So he's kind of been around since the Rumble, but he's been much more um, involved on TV for what the past couple of months, right? Yeah, man. He's really um, he's really making some noise backstage. Okay. Um, he had the MV- the the VIP lounge come he back. Did. Um, and it's been, it's been almost a weekly segment over the last few weeks. And then obviously, um, by the way, I am digging the name of him and Lashley's new group, the hurt business. I think that's a very cool name. THB. I'm digging it. Um, I can get behind that. Yes. So again, as with any group, look, I said the undisputed era was a stupid name and look how that turned out. Right. So, um, Yes, MVP is, uh, is is teamed up with Lashley again because it's worked almost every time they've done it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, MVP as a mouthpiece is fantastic. The guy can cut a promo. 
do I need to see him winning championships in the short term? If it fits a storyline, maybe. Right. Um, but I, I don't I, know what their long-term plan is, so I'm going to give it some space mm-hmm. and assume that if MVP has any say in the direction of where this group is going, maybe it will work. I 100% maybe. agree with you. Um, I think that um, – so we got to remember MVP is 46, okay? So he's not a young buck. I would say that he's a – Well, he's certainly not Matt or uh, Nick, so he, no, he's I not know. a young and, buck anyway. I know that, obviously. Terrible what, joke. What I'm I should have said is – no, no, it's okay. I, I should have known that that was going to happen when, as soon as I said a young buck. <laughs> also, um, I'm pretty sure MVP can't do a super kick. I'm just saying. I think that's pretty accurate, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say what I'm saying is he doesn't have as much pep in his step as I used to back in the um, back in the ruthless aggression days. And by the way, he was on it back in his ruthless aggression days. Um, and not saying he's not on it now, but obviously he's definitely lost. Uh, I mean, he's not. He's he's ten years older than he was when he was at, in the prime of his career. But if there's anything that this could potentially lead to, is maybe. If he okay, let's say he were to beat Apollo Cruz on Sunday, right? Maybe this opens the door to potentially having Apollo Cruz actually join. Because I know that in a in a manner, MVP has been trying to recruit Apollo Cruz over the past few weeks before them finally colliding over the U.S. title. And then there's a couple of other people that um, MVP has been trying to go ahead and get on here. Cedric Alexander being one of them. Ricochet has been another person who he's been trying to go at. And this is all in storyline, mind you. And so I'm wondering if maybe this is a way of maybe he lures Apollo Crews in some way, shape, or form into the Hurt Business along with him and Lashley. So, Um, okay, if the end goal is to have Apollo Crews turn heel, does MVP just lay down for him? Does he beat him and say, hey, good match you can join us or we'll just beat the hell out of you because remember mvp was also in another match and like didn't he get replaced in that match like he didn't wrestle because lastly ended up wrestling the match i think he brought in lashley personally he was like i'm bringing you in i'm not wrestling and yes he did that so, not too long so what's ago. to stop so what's to stop mvp from doing something like that again maybe apollo cruz gets finally to the point where he's like if you can't beat him join him type of deal and that's how he turns heel i just like Normally, I would say there's got to be a clear-cut way to have Apollo Crews turn heel. I agree. And maybe, I don't know. I do think Apollo Crews is retaining. I'm going to say that, too. I'm going to say that, too. Although, don't put it past WWE to have Lashley get involved and then hit a spear from out of nowhere and then have MVP win the U.S. title. But the thing is, what they have to be really careful about with Ross is ensuring – that if that were to happen, do not make MVP the star of the group. Because the group, to me, the group has to revolve as MVP the manager and Lashley being the forefront of the group. Like, Lashley is the main man. Well, right. Which, again, if if you're going to have this group, right – and you're going to have MVP be a manager type, and you're going to have Apollo Crews as the U.S. champion, uh, there has to be one end goal. And that means they have to commit to Bobby Lashley being not only a main event player, but possibly winning a WWE title. I agree. And I 
don't know if WWE is going to go through with that. I, so, I agree. I mean, he already lost it. He already lost to Drew McIntyre at um, a backlash. But it wasn't a bad match. It was not, and, and they can go back to it. Yes. And, and by the way, Lashley and McIntyre have a ton of history. They so sure do. And I'm just, remind me, McIntyre didn't win entirely clean in that match, did he? No, he didn't, because Lana got involved. Yes. That's right. So right. they could still go back to that. Well, I'm just saying. They want to make the Hurt Business work. It'll be very interesting to watch what happens on Sunday. Do I think that Apollo Crews should win and keep the U.S. title? I do think so because I like what they're doing. With um, They're finally paying attention to Apollo Crews. This is the first time since he was in NXT where they've actually paid a lick of attention to him, and I think he's enjoying it. Therefore, you're seeing one of the better versions of Apollo Crews that you've seen on WWE programming in the last four years. You didn't like him with uh, Titus Worldwide? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I'm trying to keep it serious. <laughs> Cruz, uh, Apollo Cruz probably should retain the title, but I will not be surprised if MVP beats him. I agree with you 100. percent But I'm going. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go all in on it on Apollo Cruz, but I'm gonna go ahead and say, hey, more than likely. So I'm picking it. I'm. Pu- I'm picking Cruz. I'm picking Cruz, but it'll be very interesting to see how the hurt business grows, and I'm curious to see if M- if Cruz is persuaded by MVP and Lashley in some way to join them. Possible. Lots of, uh, lots of intrigue to see what they will For do. For sure. Like, I'm actually match. very intrigued in what's going on with that group right now. I really am. Sure. Uh, so I have to say this because, unfortunately, as much as I want to give her a real chance at being, like, a legitimate player in their division – Still a lot of work that needs to be done. Bailey is defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Nikki Cross. I'm actually I'm shocked that we're talking this match before Rollins and Mysterio, but that's cool. I'm actually oh no, I'm, I'm oh hyped, no. I'm hyped. I'm a, a little hyped for this match. There's a reason why I'm saving that match for later. Okay, fair enough. Um, so Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. She of course turned heel. When did she turn heel? Um, what are we in? We're in July. Didn't she turn heel like in August? So she'd been a heel for almost a year. That is correct. Yeah, she because okay. remember she turned heel. No, dude, I'm sorry. She turned heel like September. So like a couple weeks after SummerSlam is when she turned heel. So it's she still turned been heel right around year, when though. Sasha came back. Yes. It's still almost a year. Ten okay. months. That makes sense. Yeah. So the majority of this run, I'd say, has been a failure. I don't think I'd even be in the minority saying that. That being said, I still think if they do it right, because see, here's the thing. They're making, keeping Bailey and Sasha together is doing neither of them any favors. Because this gimmick for Bailey, she needs to be a loner. She needs, like, honestly, it would be the complete antithesis of her babyface character. Her babyface character fed off the crowd. She was the hugger. You know, she always, you know, tried to rely on her friends for help. And, you know, she was always trying to be there and be the valiant babyface. Was a heel. She should be a super loner. And unfortunately, they've just paired her and Sasha again because apparently they don't know what to do with either of them. I'll get to Sasha Banks later. But 
Nikki Cross is getting this shot for two reasons. And I really do believe this. And if I'm shortchanging her, I'm sorry, but this is my perception. She's getting this shot because they struck gold, pairing her and Alexa Bliss together. And I don't know if they really had any real long-term plans for them. It just kind of worked out. And it's helped Nikki Cross grow as a character. And I think she's getting this spot because Alexa Bliss is still not cleared to be a singles competitor. And the SmackDown women's division is a disaster. True or false? I'm going to disagree with some of what you said. Some, not all of it, but some. Okay. Tell me how, tell me how the SmackDown women's division is not a disaster right now. That's not where I disagree. That's not where I disagree. I'm going to okay. disagree on the, Lex, on the Alexa listing. To me, I think that the reason why they're giving Nikki Cross a shot at Bailey as opposed to Alexa Bliss is because, dead honest, we have seen Alexa Bliss versus Bailey about 17 separate times. And yes, but we haven't seen babyface Alexa versus heel Bailey. That's the difference. Okay, fair. We've only but, uh, seen it the other way. Okay, that's fair, which is perfectly fine. But to me, it would have worked better as Alexa the heel and Bailey the babyface because you can. We both know that those are the true stronger characters. Not saying that Alexa hasn't been a very good babyface because, on the contrary, Alexa Bliss has blown away my expectations as a babyface over the last year. By the way, and by, and by the way, yeah. Bailey Bailey needs a quality win over Alexa Bliss. She does. She does. But and that would to, be a good way to do it. But that being, yeah. Yeah. That, that being said. Nikki Cross is getting this match. Um, unfortunately, I have not taken Nikki Cross very seriously pretty much since she debuted on the main roster. Fair. So, again, this is one of those situations where I'm like, okay, Bailey's just going to beat her. And I'm going to move on with my life. See, so, eh. I'll be honest with you, dude. I, I think you're short. I mean, I, I know that you said this at the top. You said that you might be shortchanging this and whatnot. That's, that's totally fair. fair. Hey, hey, you know, and, and I get that. And, and, and you're allowed. And I think you have some really good points. But to me, I think that you might be shortchanging not just Nikki Cross, but I think you're shortchanging Bailey a little bit, too. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I to me, ever since Bailey finished up her program with Lacey Evans, because I feel like the, I'm not going to say that was a low point, but it doesn't. It definitely wasn't a high point, right? It, it was not Survivor Series, her Becky and Shayna main eventing, right? That was not the high point. That was the high point. But I feel like she slowly progressed and gotten stronger and stronger each and every single time. I think that the partnership on the contrary of not working with Sasha, I think that it's helped them both. Um, especially since they won the tag team titles a few weeks back. I feel like they're becoming, you know, the, the storyline is obviously focusing on the two of them, which it needs to happen. They're two of the better women's wrestlers in the, in the entire company, not just their respective SmackDown division. Um, but I, I feel like they're getting more and more confident as the heel duo. We've always known that Sasha could go ahead and do the heel thing because, I mean, she was – legitimately one of the greatest heels in the history of NXT. Like there's no, there is no denying that. Not, not just a, as a woman, Sasha was one of the greatest heels NXT has ever had, right? I feel like Bailey has really grown into her heel character more and more as the months have gone by. 
And I think that WWE has done a really good job in making her look dominant. If you look at her storyline with Tamina Snuka, which, oh my good God, I am bringing that up, but I am. And I don't care because we need to talk about that, right? Because I t- if I'm going to defend my point about Bailey progressing as a heel, I need to go ahead and look at every single aspect. So if you look at that, almost near a dominant win. Yes, did Tamina Snuka have her, have her moments at Money in the Bank? Sure. But that was essentially a Bailey-dominated win. The way that her and Sasha beat um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and the Iconics for the tag team titles. Not, I mean, it wasn't like totally dominant, but they won clean, right? They were in the most cohesive of the three groups. And, you know, it's not one of those, oh, they're not a real tag team because we know that Bailey and Sasha are mirrors makes no difference a, a, a real tag team. Am I right in saying that, Ross? Because you're the yes. tag team expert. So I just want to make sure that I, that I call that out because I don't want to be, you know, making it seem like I'm BSing or anything. But my point is, the longer they go, the stronger they're getting, the more people are looking forward to the eventual breakup and blow off of Sasha and Bailey. Because I, that being said, that's focusing on Bailey. Nikki Cross, I think she's earned her shot at Bailey. And not just from a storyline perspective, just as a growing on the main roster perspective. Because when she first got drafted over to, to Raw, when she came over from NXT, I was like, ah, oh, man, poor Nikki Cross. Like now she's completely separated from Killian Day and her husband, and now she's just on the main roster, and she's not going to do a damn thing, because there's a bunch of the women that are that are not doing a damn thing on this roster, and she's just going to go ahead and get shortchanged. And you said it yourself, man. She they struck gold with her and Alexa Bliss, um, and I think that she the more and more as they continue to be together, the more and more Nikki Gross is growing as a performer, and whether or not you want to go ahead and put that on Nikki Cross growing, whether or not you want to go ahead and put it on the fact that Alexa Bliss has really helped her out with her star power. Um, they have been great together. Their chemistry is undeniable. And in the same vein that I have seen and grown, loved to see Alexa grow as a baby face, I have thoroughly enjoyed seeing Nikki Cross grow as a great baby face as well. I, I would honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I think that if you had to ask me who the best is, baby face in the women's division is like real baby face i kind of have to go with nikki cross as the best baby face just yikes to, just hear me out though just hear me out because i know people are going to say well what about oscar and stuff like that oscar is a dominant champion and she's an entirely different level and she recently turned baby face when she won money in the bank right but from a pure baby face standpoint like feeding off the crowd not get Nikki Cross is getting cheered because she is a good guy or a good gal, not, not getting cheered because she's doing things that the crowd loves and then still being a heel. Like she's not being the cool heel. That is not Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross is just a purebred babyface, and she is getting more comfortable in that role every single week. Therefore she has been a, a pleasure to watch. And then you add in the fact that she is one of the more talented wrestlers on that women's roster in, in total. And I'm here to say that I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you I'm picking Bailey to win this match because we're going to get Sasha and Bailey. But Nikki Cross absolutely deserves to be in this position. I know that was really long. I went like seven minutes, but I needed to get that off my chest to go ahead and argue your point because you make a good point. Uh, that was. Yeah, 
That being said, I'm also picking uh, Bailey to win this match. And uh, going to be honest, not looking forward to it. But that's me. Because that's... to me, to me as a whole, um, there, 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 there are parts of WWE that are very much down right now. And uh, yeah, the uh, the SmackDown side of things is pretty weak. See, and I'll tell you why. Because there were, we'll move on in just a second, Ross. I don't mean to go ahead and do on, go on a diatribe, but I just want to go ahead. And, I think I want to stick to your point here for a second. I think part of it has to do with the fact that Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville has kind of gone down a bit. And because to a me, bit? Okay, a lot. They pulled the whole storyline. They pulled them. the whole damn storyline, right? I mean, we haven't even seen Otis in like three weeks. Um, and that's just Otis. That's not even Mandy and Sonya Deville, but I have to mention that, obviously. I think that a lot of that has to do with Dolph Ziggler moving over to Raw, but even then, it's whatever. My point is, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose was one of the hottest storylines in the women's division, let alone WWE as a whole. Like, there was genuinely good stuff coming from the two of them, and then all of a sudden, they're just, like, not there. And I'm like, why? Sonya Deville finally broke out, and then Mandy Rose is Mandy Rose, and then you take that away, and it brings down. You know, I'm actually surprised they didn't move Sonya to Raw. Along with Ziggy Pop? Maybe, I'm actually maybe. really surprised they didn't. In fact, they really should. They really they had should. a nice little thing going. They did, actually. I thoroughly enjoyed them as a group. Um, I will say this, though. I don't, think that the, I don't think that the feud between her and Mandy is over yet, though. Because we haven't really gotten a, ma- like a real match between them. I know, I know, but here's the thing, though. Yeah. When you when you pull that hot of an angle, okay, it wasn't a hot angle. When you pull that program from mm-hmm. it's a forefront of SmackDown programming to it's done. There's no coming back from that. There's 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 no coming back from it. So they can still do that feud later. I know it just it, it, so. it does irritate me the fact that they took it away because it was strong. Um, I'm with that you, that, and that that really has to that really has to do with the down not downfall but the lowering in quality of SmackDown's women's division, which is sad considering the fact that Bailey and Sasha are doing really well on SmackDown right now. Like I think that they're keeping it above water, but like nothing else is happening below them. I mean, you're going to tell me that there was a karaoke segment that was won by Naomi. And Lacey Evans is being involved in this. And I like Lacey Evans. And it, it irritates me that it, instead of taking her more seriously, they're involving her in a karaoke, karaoke segment. You know, I will say this. Um, Dana Brooke does have very weird charisma they should really take advantage of. Oh, I, you and I have been on the Dana Brooke train for about a year now. Like, her- I, don't, I don't know why. Like, maybe it's just because she's been pigeonholed in so many bad angles that they just don't see anything but comedy out of her. Which is possible. Maybe, but, but I mean, her, okay, go back to last year's women's in the money, women's money in the bank ladder match. Mm-hmm. Who was the star of that? There, there were four people that come to mind. One, obviously, being Bailey, considering that she won it. Two, and two and three, I'm going to put them together. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, even though Sonya Deville wasn't in the match, but Mandy was, and then Sonya Deville almost had her win it because she carried her up the ladder. And then the last person was Dana Brooke because Dana Brooke had a hell of a showing in that match, dude. And yet, here know, she we're is here. doing karaoke stuff. I'm just look. This this would be the perfect time to just try stuff. I, There's I'm no crowd, that, dude. and and unfortunately, it's just status quo. Yeah, but I, at look, least look. 
I'm not saying Dana Brooks is going to change the whole business or the whole division or whatever, but I mean, like, let's try something. Right. Maybe it'll well, work instead of, oh, yeah, the Uso's relative. Actually, is that his wife or is that his brother's wife? I can't remember who's the one that's injured. So I, I'm going to say, I want to say that that's Naomi's husband. Okay. Either way, like, who cares? Anyway, I'm not saying the karaoke segment was good. I'm just, all I'm pointing out to you is that she's got very weird charisma that they should use. I all agree right. 100%. All right. The match that you wanted me to do before that match that I'm getting to now because it's such a just, it's Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins in an eye for an eye match. And on the Wikipedia page, it reads. The match can only be won when one competitor extracts an eye of their opponent. Okay. Okay. AEW did an angle. John Moxley wore an eye patch. Correct, because he had a match versus Santana from the inner circle. Where his eye was injured, and the entire thing was he may have to have it removed. Yeah. I really, really, really do believe, and this is saying a lot coming from me, I really do believe Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio could have an entertaining match. Could. This gimmick completely pigeonholes it. And of course, instantly makes me not care about it. Right. This match is not credible, brother. It's just not. And this is coming from a person who, you know, how much I love Seth Rollins because I, I do love Seth Rollins. I'm a, I'm, I've been a Seth Rollins apologist for a very long time now. And you know that I got a ton of love for Ray. You actually know that I was pissed off when their main event match from the season premiere from Raw was basically removed and because Brock Lesnar decided to go ahead and F5 Rey Mysterio and Phoenix. I was irritated by that. And now you're finally giving it to me and you're giving me a stupid-ass gimmick. Now, excuse me. This could have been... You could have had this match be an Extreme Rules match. You could have had this match be a false count anywhere match. You could have had this be hell in a cell, even though they wouldn't do that because there's an entire pay-per-view named after it. So they, they can't do a match where it's not at that event. That's true, but they could have made this a steel cage match. Could have had this be a steel cage match. They could have had this be a lot of different things. So, now, can, can you tell me why they are doing an eye for an eye match? I can. I can. Okay. Um, I don't Go know ahead. if you remember, the night after, the night after Money in the Bank, I want to say, um, Rollins and Mysterio got into it, and Rollins took Rey Mysterio's head and bashed it off the edge of the steel steps, eye first. Oh, and then he tried to uh, he tried to take Dominic's eye out. That is correct. Yes. Okay. So now here's 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 the stupidest thing, right? Okay. Mm. So 
Now, we had Seth Rollins try to take Rey Mysterio's eye out and Dominic's eye out, his son, right? Mm -hmm. But it's Rey Mysterio that challenges Seth Rollins to an eye for an eye match. How does this make sense? Because, you know, it's eye for an eye. That's me and my Rey Mysterio voice. So, his, so, his voice is very squeaky. So, so, so you're saying we should have an eye for an eye match, and then the next match should be a tooth for a tooth match. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Listen, that's a Ross, terrible I'm, idea, I'm, by the way. I'm, I'm on the same page in the same boat as you. Look, I want, I, I want to make this very clear. We are three days away from this pay-per-view called the horror show at extreme rules keyword extreme rules ross do you know exactly how many extreme rules matches we have on this card as of this moment as zero of this moment none not a single one i can understand and appreciate the fact that rollins and mysterio and are involved in a high profile storyline which by the way this is a high profile storyline whatever way you want to slice it right why not keep it simple and make this match an extreme rules match. I agree. I, just why? Why must why must we be complicated? Make this eye for an eye, which you know. Listen, I'm all for WWE wanting to make cinematic matches. They've been doing a really good job of them over the last three months. Don't give them to me all the time, though. I don't need that. Um, you're taking something good. And you're starting to go ahead and almost ruin it. You peaked. You peaked at WrestleMania with the Boneyard match. Nothing was going to top that. And then not to mention you add in the Firefly Funhouse, which was almost equally as amazing. You got lucky with the Money in the Bank ladder match. And I, I feel like I'm underselling that when I say lucky because, I mean, it was a really well done thing in its own right. But that was great. But then you gave us the greatest match ever between Edge and Randy Orton, which you know what happens when you're in the midst of all these reshoots, then all of a sudden you have Edge tearing his tricep. You don't need to give us a cinematic match every pay-per-view. It's something that to me is a well-done thing that only should be reserved when you want to, when you really need to use it, really need to use it. And you don't need to use it every pay-per-view. Right, and so this reeks of having, and not to mention also at Backlash they did the whole um, Viking Prophets um, versus the Ninjas and things of that nature, which is also a cinematic thing. Uh, I I don't know whether or not this match is going to be cinematic. The only way that I can imagine it being um, even working is by making it cinematic. If you want to make it an eye for an eye match, and you know. Oh, the only way you can go ahead and win is by taking your opponent's eye out. It's like, well, they're not actually going to do that on live television unless they want to commit murder on live television. So this makes no sense to me. And I just, I'm irritated at the fact that they're taking something good and then just overexposing it. They are overexposing their cinematic matches, Ross. Am I, am I correct in that assessment? Uh, well, again, they're and trying we new things and this true. is what they're trying is the effectiveness of these type of things. So and we don't even know if this is 100% sure going to be a, 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 that type of match, but it just, that's the only thing I can imagine. Right? I think they're going to have to do smoke and mirrors for the finish. For sure. 
Um, I will tell you that I fully expect Seth Rollins to win this match because if anything, Rey Mysterio is pretty much a part-time guy anyway. And unless the idea is to take Seth Rollins completely off television and scrap this entire character and make him come back as a babyface again, there's no real reason to have Rey Mysterio beat him. I think that Seth Rollins is going to win this match, but I do not think if Seth Ro- if Rey Mysterio were to win this match, they would take Rollins off of TV for any particular time because I don't think that they're going to repackage this character because I actually think that okay. they okay. well, as part Hold on, hold on. Time out. Go ahead. Time. Go ahead. Okay. You're saying Seth Rollins wouldn't be off TV if he loses an eye? Not for an extended period of time. Uh Okay. Listen, I, I know what you're saying and I know where you're getting at. I agree. You should be off of TV for seven months if you were to lose an okay. eye in a wrestling. Okay. Yes. If Seth Rollins loses this match and comes back three weeks later with this gimmick, I instantly don't care about him until he changes gimmicks. I'm just sorry. Not I, sorry. Listen, I understand that. I'm telling you what WWE would do. How many times have I picked matches basing it off? I believe this is something they would do. How many times have I done that? You've done the well, same. Don't well, lie. Well, unless unless it um, unless it involves Samoa Joe. <laughs> you why do you do that? Why? Darn um, it! They well, screwed Samoa Joe so many times. Uh, no, be, because because I because I gave up in the predictions poll two months into this because of idiotic booking by WWE. I agree. I think I'll tell you this though. I think Dominic is getting it involved, just like he did in the Brock Lesnar match at Survivor Series. I'm wondering if they're getting okay. ready to if they're getting ready to add in Dominic full time. I'm okay. wondering what. Go just, ahead. Can I just say something? And you I don't know, even think it's controversial. Okay. I can't be the only one that cares less than zero about the future of Dominic as a wrestler. I can't be the only one. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I mean, why am I supposed to care about this guy? Because he's Rey Mysterio's son. That's the dumbest reason to care about somebody. Uh, he's so and so's son. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. All I'm just saying is, the plan. There's a plan going on with Dominic Ross. That's all I'm Fine. saying. There's a plan that's going on with Dominic. Fine. They keep it involving. I'm supposed to care why. I mean, I'm not saying why you're supposed to care. I'm just letting you know that he's there. No, look, no, look. It's it's back to the WWE wants me to care because he's Rey Mysterio's son. I haven't seen him wrestle. The last thing I will actually, I'll tell you what. Fair or not, the only thing I'm going to remember when I look at Dominic is him being on. Oh my god. On the line in a custody match between Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. I'm sorry, that's Tom. That's that's the only thing I'm going to remember him for. See, I think that you're underselling this man, this young man, because I think that I've seen videos of him training with Mysterio. I'm not saying that he's fantastic, nor am I saying he's great. Not even saying he's good. I'm telling you, the kid's got potential. That's what I'm saying. I'm here to tell you that he's got potential. I think that WWE is seeing him train at the Performance Center along with Mysterio and whoever else he's training. And they would not put him on TV as much as they are only because he's Rey Mysterio's son. And I disagree. I that helps. I think that helps. 
Um, um I'm gonna disagree. He's on television because he's Ray's kid. Tell you what, tell you what. Doctor, go ahead. If Dominic ends up being half of what his father is, I'll admit I'm wrong. Okay. I'll admit I'm wrong if he's half of what his father is. I think that's I think he's capable of that. Okay. I, mean, I don't. Tw- what is he? Okay. He's 23. I mean, he's got like he's got his entire career ahead of him. And who knows? We don't even know whether or not he's going to want to do this full time at some point. He says that he wants to be a pro wrestler. He's training to be a pro wrestler. Okay. I, I think that does it help that he's Ray's son? Yes. I don't. I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent reason the what the reason he wants to do that. But I'm going to take Rollins winning this match because he is a very important part of Monday Night Raw. And I love Kevin Owens. You know that. But there was no reason why he should have been losing to Kevin Owens on Monday night when Kevin Owens doesn't even have a match on Sunday. Well, Kevin Owens has his own issues with the office going on right now. True, but he's there right now. He's there. He said that he wasn't going to be, and he is there. So what's he going to do? Is he going to show up to back up Apollo Crews like he did at Backlash now? Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm, picking, I'm picking Seth Rollins to win this horrendous match that I hope doesn't go more than 10 minutes, even though it will. I know it will, but I'm just, just give me an Extreme Rules match. I would have been perfectly fine with this match. It would have been fire. Probably All right. match tonight. Asuka versus Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, of course, now we're talking. Uh, of course, Oscar. Uh, look, I have to say this because it still bothers me. Oscar uh, didn't beat anybody to become the champion. She was handed the belt because she won a Money in the Bank match. True or false? <sighs> True. Yeah. And she's been the Raw Women's Champion for how long? Uh, it's been this is gonna be two months now. Okay, who has she beaten in her title defenses? Uh, Nia Jax. Okay. Um, she has beaten she um. What did she wrestle for the for the um? She defended the Raw Women's Championship recently on Raw. Um, I cannot remember against who. Um, but I know she's beaten Oscar and she's beaten one other person. Well, Oscar's the champion. She can't beat herself. I, I'm sorry. Did I, I meant to say Nia Jax. I apologize. Okay. She she beat Nia Jax, and then she's beaten somebody else. I cannot remember off the top of my head. And then now she's entered the storyline with Sasha. Um, actually, she didn't defend her title, but I'm pretty sure. Um, didn't she go to a no contest with Bailey recently? I believe they did do a champion versus champion match. Yeah. I don't remember the outcome of that match, though. Pretty much, I'm pretty sure it was no contest, and it ended up breaking down into something. Okay. So, um, for those of you that do not know, uh, Sasha Banks and Bayley are the women's tag team champions right now. They beat Nikki Cross. And, I'm sorry, they beat the Kabuki Warriors. Excuse me. They did not beat the Kabuki Warriors. They then, they beat, then they beat Cross and Bliss. That is correct, and that triple threat with the yeah. Iconics. Thank you. Okay. So... Great. Another reason for me to not care about Nikki Cross. She's not even a champion anymore. Um, so, Sasha Banks and Bailey are the are the women's tag team champions. Yes, you are being way too hard on Nikki Cross. Go ahead. No, she, she, she's not that good. Anyway. So, now, in theory, in theory, 
this would be a really good spot for Sasha to win the Raw women's title and her and Bailey walk around as two belts. I agree. <laughs> In Becky's face, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, Bailey's calling herself Bailey Dose Straps right now, and I think that WWE on Fox put up a poll like a few weeks back. If wait, 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 she's calling herself what? Bailey Dose Straps. Why the Spanish? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Bailey's Mexican. Okay. Um, so she just added that. So I don't know. Um, and I don't think she wanted to be. Bailey two belts because Becky was Becky two belts. So there you go. Okay. Um, so yeah, she's Bailey ghost straps and then WW on Fox asked, asked, um, I'm not saying it was good. Um, what would Sasha go by? Um, if she were to go ahead and be raw women's champ along with the women's tag team champ. And I voted, um, Sasha two chips. That is equally dumb. I'm not saying it was good. What else do you want it to be? Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> what, what else do you want it to be, Ross? Damn it. You're so hard to please, man. No, I just don't want these people to come up with idiotic t- names. WWE on Fox was asking the question. I supplied an answer. Yes. By the way, you know why given. they ask those questions? Friends because the show agreed with. There are morons <laughs> that watch their show every week that buy into this crap. There are two of them. Shirts. Yeah, that, by the way, will buy shirts that say Bailey Dose Straps. And and Sasha, Sasha two chips. Hey, that's good and it's creative and no, don't knock it. Creative. I came it's up with stupid. it. Wow, now you're insulting my intelligence on our damn podcast. No, it's stupid in general. I didn't say Jorge was stupid. I said the idea and the names were stupid. Stop getting emotional. <laughs> I'm not being emotional. Ew, you're making fun of me, Raz. No, I'm making fun of the fact that WWE goes commas goes lowest common denominator on everything they do but when certain people do it oh we can't do that but in this case oh yeah great progress yeah don't even get me started idiotic i haven't even talked about the damn match yet i actually think this could be a great match if they actually give it time they allow us yes could be because wwe does this all the time where they give us a match people want to see and then they don't divide any attention to it or, you know, I don't know. How about you give us a match that we're supposed to have and it goes nine minutes at WrestleMania? Oh, by the way, Shayna Baszler back on TV. Thank God. Oh, wait, she can't beat Becky because Becky is uh, not on television anymore. Way to go. Still pissed off. Yes. So could Asuka and Sasha have a good match? Could they? Yes. Will they? I have no idea. This is the horror show at Extreme Rules, for God's sake. Now, this this could have been an Extreme Rules match. This this also could have been a, uh, what's the, uh, yeah. A submission match. This absolutely could have been a submission uh, match. Oh, no, no, time out, time out. Stop thinking logically, okay? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is Extreme Rules. This clearly needs to be a missed match for the Raw Women's title. I'm sorry, a missed match? Is that what you said? First person to get sprayed in the face with mess loses. I, I should I should mute you right now. Hey, <laughs> hey. Oscar's gimmick is she does the mists, right? Is this correct? So Sasha could do the mist. It could be blue like her hair. That would be a WW. Hey, let's sell merchandise with mist. How about that? Two chips. Give me bring, a freaking break. Bring, bring. <laughs> He's so mad, Disgusted. dog. Disgusted. 
Now, do I think this could be a good match? Yes. Do I think it'll be match of the night? No, I don't. Because I have no faith that they're actually going to do what they should do in this match. What is what they should do, Ross? They should make this a match where Sasha Banks actually proves that she's going to be a submission specialist as a heel, and they're going to have Asuka play the babyface in peril and beat her in a submission match, which they won't do. Interesting. Now, I realize that Sasha hasn't been playing the dominant heel character, plus it's hard to buy. I've never bought into Alexa Bliss' dominant heel character. Sorry, her size. I don't know what you want me to say. She's, She's five, five feet foot of fury. nothing. I agree. Yeah. So, but no, I'm not saying Alexa Bliss should have been a chicken heel. But in this case, like Sasha and Bailey are trying to be like badasses, but they're also like feuding with each other, but they're not. And they're trying to be friends and they're trying to be champ. It's very weird. Yeah. I wish they mention. would just turn Sasha baby face, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, obviously, Bailey's a lot bigger. And I mean, Bailey is visibly much bigger than Sasha. I mean, you and I have talked about this at length that Sasha Banks is probably the second smallest person in the entire women's division of WWE. I'm pretty sure that's accurate with the smallest person being Alexa Bliss. Uh, Sasha Banks is 5'5". Wow, she's taller than I thought. But she's definitely petite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and actually, Bailey's 5'6". I feel that... Bailey's a little bit more round, well-rounded and from a stature standpoint. She's also three years older. Oh, okay. Bailey's 31 and Sasha's 28. I did not know that. Oh, wow. I, I can't. I forgot that Sasha was still younger than 30. Alexa Bliss is also younger than 30. Mm-hmm. Unreal how young they, they, some of these women are. I mean, Becky's 32, barely. Now, um... You are you are absolutely correct. This should be this should be a wrestling clinic. I this don't be think it, Yeah. I don't think it will be. Now, um, do I think that um, I don't think Bailey's getting involved until maybe the end of the match. Well, yeah, you actually read my mind there because I how much of an effect because I, I have a feeling that if Bailey's at ringside which I'm assuming she will be. I'm going to assume that Sasha and Asuka is going to go on after Bailey and Nikki Cross. That's my assumption. But at the same time, they could throw us a curveball and be like Asuka and, and Sasha are going first for whatever reason, um, which is fine if they wanted to do that. But my question is, if Bailey is out there, then damn sure Kyrie Sane is going to be out there too. Which, by the way, th- okay, I don't mean to go ahead and throw this in there, but I kind of have to. So there's a lot of rumors going on with Kyrie Sane right now. You've got rumors that she was leaving to go back to Japan, and now she's been on Raw for the last three weeks, and then she went on Raw Talk and said that if she were to go ahead and beat Sasha Banks at Extreme Rules, Kyrie would love to have the one-on-one match with her for the Raw Women's title, which Asuka said yes, absolutely. Like, there's so many things going on right now with that, let alone what's going on with Bailey and Sasha, that I'm thoroughly confused, but I'm intrigued. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I will tell you this right now. Mm. I think this should open the show. I wouldn't be mad at that. I think it's going to give it a a, a good, it's a good, because, because to me, if there's a match that needs some breathing room that you don't have to really worry about time with, to me, it's the opener. 
and that's what this match needs. Um, obviously, I think that Dolph and Drew is main eventing, especially if it is a TLC match, which it's rumored to be. So I think it is main eventing. So to me, in order for this match not to get completely lost in the shuffle, I would have this open the pay-per-view. Um, I do think Asuka's retaining, even though I think it's a better story to have Sasha and Bailey both walk around with two belts on both shows. I think that would be an interesting concept to do before you have them completely disintegrate, which at this point they're basically saying they're just going to wait until they lose their belts. So it would make sense for Sasha to win the belt. She does a short program. She loses the title. They lose the tag titles. Then Bailey loses her title. And then Bailey turns on Sasha. And that's how you turn Sasha. That's probably how I would do it. But because of everything that's happened and that they probably had to switch plans with the Becky stuff. In fact, I know they did because they changed WrestleMania plans. And then obviously they had to change plans after Money in the Bank. So they've actually had to change plans twice. So at this point, you might as well just, just let Asuka have the belt and retain it. And if it means keeping Kyrie sane and having letting them have a one-on-one -on -one match where you don't really have to have a babyface heel kind of dynamic, and just let it be a babyface, babyface match against two longtime friends. You can do those occasionally and it not have an angle. I said before that babyface, babyface matches can work. Mm -hmm. Heel versus heel matches are much tougher. I agree. So if you're asking me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say they're probably just going to have Oscar retain, but I will not be surprised. I know I've said that in almost everything I've done because the show is so up in the air. Um, I could see Sasha just beating her. Hmm. Uh, I know that I'm ahead, right? I know that I'm ahead. I well, it doesn't really matter because I've already conceded to you, so it doesn't okay. really matter. Okay, well, so. then, you know what? I, I like where your head's at about Bailey and Sasha because I think that what's going to happen is – okay, this is going to be a really big compliment towards Sasha and Bailey, and I want you to listen to what I have to say before you absolutely lose your damn mind after I make mm. this comment. Okay. But Bailey and Sasha are very similar to what Hulk, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were back in the late 80s, the mega powers. And it, it, it's kind of a similar, similar relationship without Miss Elizabeth. Just in the sense of, just hear me out, Ross, just in the sense of they're best friends and they're both on equal footing, they're both on equal levels, except there's two women's titles on the main roster. Does that make sense? Do you, do you follow me? You just compared Bailey and Sasha to the Mega Powers. You lost me. I, I bet you the seven people that are listening to this podcast would understand what the hell I'm talking about. Yet my co-host and good friend refuses to know what I'm talking about. No, I know what I, you're talking about. It's just a very weird I'm, concept. You, you, are, you are comparing two of the greatest talents in the entirety of the wrestling business mm -hmm. to two friends who people have wanted to see feud for three years and they haven't pulled the trigger on. Right, but what I'm trying to say is that the reason why they're going to eventually blow up is because the egos are going to get too big, right? They were to have Sasha beat Asuka for the Raw Women's title, which I don't think is the right move yet, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. I think it would be 
mega if both of them, you know, they were Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. They were SmackDown or Tag Team Champions. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were trying to up, one-up each other and whatnot. And it finally blows up and it becomes too much for one of them. And then boom, we get the dissolvement and then we finally get Bailey and Sasha. I love that concept. The reason why I want to hold off on that is because I keep, we keep hearing all these rumors of Evolution 2 coming. And if there was one match to main event Evolution 2, some other, there's a lot of people that say they would want Bailey and Sasha to main event that show. I would say, as much as I love that, I want to see Asuka and Shayna Baszler. So I would go ahead and say, keep the title on Asuka because I want to see Shayna versus Asuka for the Raw Women's title. That's me. You actually have faith that they're actually going to make up for having Shayna Baszler have a nine-minute match at WrestleMania? Yes, I do actually have faith because Becky is long gone having a baby. And, you know, she's not going to be in the WWE women's forefront for at least another year and a half. So I do have faith in some capacity. I know that sounds crazy, but I do. But as much as I would love to see Asuka and Shayna Baszler main event a potential evolution too, I'm going to take your idea and I'm going to run with it just because of you've already conceded. So I guess I can do whatever the heck I want. I say, why not give Sasha the title? She would be the first ever five-time Raw Women's Champion. Um, which is pretty, pretty enormous, if you ask me. Um, and go all in on Sasha and Bailey, as if you haven't already gone on, um, go on all in on Sasha and Bailey, obviously, because they're one of the most decorated women's wrestlers of all time. The two of the most, excuse me. But I mean, they are so far ahead of everyone else, not named Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Might as well, right? In the same way that you and I have stated that we want to see Randy Orton and John Cena tag team with one another and be tag team champions of, as well as their respective shows, world champion, then why the hell not do it with Sasha and Bailey? Might as well, and then have it blow up and then finally give the feud that everybody wants to see. I'm picking Sasha. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going for it. Why not? I got nothing to lose, literally. Um, I'm going Sasha. I'm picking Sasha to beat Oscar. I got distracted in the middle of your analysis, which was cogent as usual. And I just, I was, I was looking up uh, guys that have been United States champions once that somehow Dominic Mysterio will probably have more runs than in the United States title run, Ricochet being one of them. And uh, apparently he was in a match in 2013 where Rich Swan was his tag team partner and they wrestled the team of Eddie Edwards and Roderick Strong, and the Young Bucks. Interesting. I Interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what my rebuttal should be because I do tend to go off on really good analysis. And then I always see you thinking that you're paying attention. I'm like, what do you think? And you, you get off of mute and you're like, I'm sorry, I didn't listen to a word you just said. And it no, that only happened the one time where I was legitimately letting you have the floor. I was answering an email, and then you prompted me with a question, even though I was paying attention, except for the 30 seconds when you prompted me with a question when I wasn't. <laughs> you're like, you never pay attention to my answers. Oh, you're just, you just prompted me with a question when I wasn't paying attention for 30 seconds. Well, you All mean, right. Maybe you should go ahead and... uh Pay attention for those 30 seconds, my friend. Okay. I'm going Sasha, brother. I'm, I'm picking Sasha, first ever five-time Raw Women's Champ. Great. 
By the way, uh, Jorge already won the uh, picks battle for the year because I conceded three months ago. So basically, we're just making predictions off of what we think. Correct. Doesn't really. Uh, doesn't we're we're just having fun with it. Right. Well, right. Even though uh, I'm pretty Which sure we you, owe, we, uh, you owe me a dinner for winning season one. That's really all I'm going to say. There you After, go. I, okay. You know what? I'll say it on the show right now. COVID ends. You're coming over. Having dinner. Yes, but when? Yes, but when will that be? Um, I'm just, that listen, is the uh, that is the question. I'm sure. I'll say this right now. I'm sure that there is a way that you and I will be clean enough, and everything is cool enough that you can go ahead and come over to my house with no issues within like a two week threshold. I'm sure that we can pull that off. I know it sounds stupid. I'm just being real because I'd love to have you over because. For those of you who don't know, Ross and I haven't seen each other since March. We see each other on Zoom every week, but we have not actually hung out since March, and it sucks, and I miss my boy. Miss you, dog. Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt in a Wyatt Swamp fight. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Is the Wyatt Swamp fight for the WWE title. Uh, no, because it's for the Universal title. As of this moment, according to Wikipedia, it is not for the Universal title. Are you serious? Are they doing the same thing that they did with freaking Miz and, and Bray Wyatt at TLC last year? Are you, are you kidding me right now? Uh, Strowman challenged Wyatt to return for a swamp fight and a non-title match between the two called the Wyatt Swamp Fight is scheduled for extreme rule. I hate, I hate this pay-per-view so much right now. That is why it's not main eventing. I guarantee it. Well, then I'll tell you this right now. I'm just going to pick it right now. Bray Wyatt is winning this match. Uh, I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. And that is the way they are getting around Bray Wyatt beating Braun Strowman for the title. Because it's a non-title match, because it's going to be cinematic. It's the same thing as the House of Bray Fame. Wyatt being Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be spooky it's gonna be spooky Bray Wyatt in his Cape Fear gear. Um having Braun Strowman do a weird psychedelic trip down memory lane and getting pinned for three seconds. What is so. it with these guys? What is, just what is it with these guys and Bray Wyatt? Like I just I don't get it. Why 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 do they find it so hard to go all in on Bray Wyatt? Well, they did, and then they did the cage match against Rollins and ruined him. That's what I'm saying. And then they went ahead and had you know William. Which, by the way, Rollins has not been the same since then either. A hundred percent agree with you on that. But at least he's kind of gotten on some different like type of level of footing, and at least he's been capable of holding good matches together and actually having very, very strong promos against some other people and whatnot. Not saying Bray Wyatt has not, but like, I just, there's so much stop and go when it comes to Bray Wyatt, which Seth Rollins has not experienced, that it's just starting to really get laughable at this point. It's just laughable, Ross. Well, like what? let's be honest. Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt have been treated as at two different levels their whole WWE runs. They have. They have, but I mean, I mean that should that should tell you everything you need to know. I know, but every single time that they think that we think they're going all in on Bray, it's like, oh boy, here we go, big man Bray, and then boom, wall, 
hardcore wall, and it's just like unbearable to see. Seth Rollins is endorsed by uh, your boy Triple H. And Bray Wyatt is not. Damn you, Trips. Damn you, Trips. Support Bray. Support Bray. J-Man from TDT says so. Picking Bray Wyatt to win. I am also Wyatt. picking Bray to win. Bray Fight. Yes. I, I, have also- the, I have a feeling the Strowman Express will be derailed in this match. Watch them because it's a cinematic match. Watch them have a train. And it's got Braun Strowman's face on it. Being like, However, however, there's only one way this match could be fixed for me. Would you like to take a guess? Uh, Bray Wyatt does the muscle man dance. Okay, there are two things that could fix this match. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are two things that could fix this match. What, what is it? Muscle man dance. Okay. And Braun Strowman has to hurl a chair in Bray Wyatt's face, and it has to be the rocking chair, and it has to explode on impact. I'm, f- I'm okay with that. Or, you know what? You know what I lo- – oh, here we go. Okay, this is why I'm brilliant, and so are you. So you remember how, like, in the Firefly Funhouse match that Cena was taking down a trip of, like, what if he were to finally turn heel? Right. I have – I think that it needs to have it be recreated in some capacity where they show the clip of Roman Reigns getting the chair hurled at him by Braun Strowman, but then, like, turn it around with, like, you know – them completely rewinding it and it looking like Roman Reigns is throwing the chair at Braun Strowman. That's how you do that. That could work. And then all of a sudden, that's when you have, you know, Strowman snack back into reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And then actually throw the chair at Bray Wyatt and then it explodes. And then it does nothing to Bray Wyatt. There you go. That's how you, you book this match. You, you, you just, you just quoted eight mile. No, I quoted lose yourself. Ha 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 ha. On the Eight Mile soundtrack. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, come on, man. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, Eminem. Back when I actually cared about you. Um, that being said, your main event and what should be the match of the night. Because I have absolute faith in these two men. Dolph Ziggler challenging Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship in a to-be-determined stipulation match. Could it be a stairs match? Could it be a tax match? Could it be an Extreme Rules match? Could it be a Firefly Funhouse match? A barnyard brawl. Could it be a King of the Road match? Could it be a Gulf of Mexico match? No, COVID. Can't do that. What about King of the Mountain? Uh, King of the Mountain match, uh, probably trademarked by Jeff Jarrett, so uh, not what? possible. Hold on. Hang tight. Jeff Jarrett is signed as a WWE producer, my friend. Uh, yes, but I believe Impact owns the rights to the King of the Mountain match. Listen, that's listen I'm here to tell so, you no one gives a damn about Impact except for Ross. Okay. Wow. That is bold. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. I you love just told, You just told our listeners to not care about Impact. That's hey, rough. it's a joke. Please listen. Please listen to Ross's preview and review show in the last. So basically, the so, so basically, what you need to take away, folks, is that Jorge believes that Dominic Mysterio is more relevant than Impact Wrestling. Okay, that's all I have to say. Dolph Ziggler 
and Drew McIntyre, formerly of the Dogs of War, with uh, the Strowman Express, the worst nickname for Braun Strowman. I hate D-O-W. it. D-O-W. I really hated the get these hands thing for a long time, and then I finally got into it, and then they changed it. Yeah. Drew McIntyre is tremendous. Uh, Braun Love Strowman him. needs to wear a shirt that says, I'm still not finished with you. I'm not finished with you? Yes. No, exactly. I'm still not finished. Add that. What is this? What is this? I still know what you did last summer. Come on. Hey, it makes it goes well with the camp, uh, camp lake, lake camp, whatever you, whatever Bray Wyatt is I, focusing I his stuff on. I don't know. Cape Fear. All Thank I know, you. all I know, is that Braun Strowman's tremendous and he needs to remain the champion. And I don't care if he loses this match because it's not for the title. Drew McIntyre, however, is the WWE champion. He and Dolph Ziggler are having a match. Uh, for that title. And uh, like I said, I have complete faith in these men that they are going to steal the show, as Dolph Ziggler would say. Hopefully no comedy routines are in this match. That would ruin it. Um, However, no matter what this is, I don't care what stipulation they put on it, unless it's like the worst idea. Like, if if it's legitimately a tooth for a tooth match because they have an eye for an eye match, I won't watch it. I'm not kidding. I will, I will be in the middle of the pay-per-view. Their announcer is like, the following contest is a tooth-for-tooth match for, a, for the WWE title, and then Dolph Ziggler's music starts playing, shutting off the pay-per-view. Not watching it. I will have you review it. I'll just say, I don't care. Let me know when this, this nightmare ends. Okay, first of all. Almost anything else, I'll probably watch this pay-per-view. Okay, first of all, who's to say I would not do the same thing as you? Uh, because uh, because you would feel obliged to watch the match because I refused to watch it because I had a premonition that that would happen. So you would feel guilty, and you would watch it. And then somehow Drew McIntyre would get a set of pliers and pull out one of Dolph's teeth. And that's how the match would end. In some way, shape, or form, I'd probably find a way to give it a higher rating than I would have given Brett versus Owen in the Steel Cage match in SummerSlam 1994. The only way I would accept an outcome of a tooth-for-tooth match is if Dr. Isaac Yankum comes back, corporate Kane, and uh, yeah. Plus, with the gimmick, because it's a dental procedure, he would be wearing a mask. All of this is accurate. Can we talk about this match, though? (laughs) I'm just saying, okay? I'm just saying. Look, what do you want me to say other than these two have been, will be, and probably always will be capable of having a really good wrestling match? I 100% agree with that. And because we don't know the stipulation, it's very hard for me to suggest what I think is really going to happen because they can have a great regular wrestling match. Mm -hmm. They could have a good submission match. They could have a good ladder match. They could have a good tables match. Um, I don't think we ever need to see a chairs match in WWE ever again, especially since we're only doing chair shots to the back now. Not saying we should do head chair shots. I'm just saying the idea of a chairs match kind of loses its effect when you can only really hit people in certain parts anyway. Agreed. No matter what match they do, unless it's literally the dumbest match I could think of, a tooth for tooth match or a Gulf of Orlando match, I don't know. Something idiotic. These two are not capable of having a bad match. I'm sorry. They're not capable of it. I mean, you're right. So, now, I'll say this. As much as I do think 
Dolph Ziggler before his WWE career is over may get one more world title reign before he leaves. It doesn't have to be long, but I do think he's going to get one before he retires. It's not going to be at this show <laughs> because, because Drew McIntyre, as I've said on several occasions, is the perfect guy to have as your champion right now. He has the whole package. Why would you take that away from him until you're ready to have somebody become even more credible by beating him? And that guy is not Dolph Ziggler. So Drew McIntyre is going to win. It's going to be a great match. It's probably going to be match of the night unless they let Asuka and Sasha Banks have an NXT quality match, which won't happen. So it's going to be match of the night. It's probably one of the only things on this pay-per-view I'm looking forward to. It's going to kick ass. If you watch anything on this pay-per-view, I don't care. Watch this match. And it hasn't even happened yet. And there's not a stipulation attached to it yet. I'll tell you this right now. Um, they're really going to kick themselves in the ass if they made us wait this entire time for a stipulation and then be like, they're going to have a stream rules match. Like, I feel like that's really going to kill the flow. Would they kill it in an extreme rules match? Yeah, but I would have said then, man, they should have just made that call four weeks ago. Is what I, that's, that's my mentality. I don't know if you agree with that. I do, but okay. then again, I don't know if them making it a alleged TLC match is really going to raise my interest more than I it already doesn't. do because, as I've just prefaced for the last five minutes, these two are incapable of having a bad match. I know, but I think that your whole point is when you already know that these two are capable of having a really good match because they've done it before against one another, you have to find a way to try and hype it up a little bit more, especially considering the fact that it's going to be the main event of your pay-per-view. I, I, I just don't want to be disappointed in finding out, oh, it's just an Extreme Rules match. That being said, if they had an Extreme Rules match, they'd absolutely slay it. The fact that it's being... Um, rumored that it's a TLC match. I also think that kind of hurts TLC that's always at the end of the year. In the same vein that you said there be there should be no reason why there's a Hell in a Cell match on this pay-per-view, there shouldn't be a TLC match on this pay-per-view either. I, 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 you know, it completely defeats the purpose of TLC. That being said, TLC shouldn't even be on the calendar, but whatever. Um, I bet you they could make a tooth-for-tooth tooth match work. God, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. No, no, I'm here to say that Ziggy Pop and D-Mac are going to do something beautiful. Um, I've already liked what they've done with the storyline. I liked the fact that Heath Slater came back on Monday Night Raw a couple of weeks back as part of this uh, storyline, and I think that it really worked. Um, obviously, it was kind of sad to see Heath Slater completely get annihilated in a minute, but at the same time, it just makes Drew McIntyre look like that much more of a beast that he would just win off one Claymore like that to his best friend. Um, but if there's anybody that can give Drew McIntyre, not that he needs anybody, but if there's anybody out there that can give Drew McIntyre like a match of his life type of match on a random ass show as the horror show at Extreme Rules that's not named Seth Rollins, it's Drew, Ma it's, excuse me, Dolph Ziggler. It is absolutely Dolph Ziggler because I'm here to tell you right now, Ross, this might come across as potentially controversial. But for those of you who know that I love Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler is a better wrestler, and that's just a fact. 
Um, so I'm here to say that if you thought Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins on Money in the Bank was special, this is probably more than likely going to be better. Because that matchup Money in the Bank was fire. It was truly, truly fire. And I can tell you right now that Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler can give you something even better. Are they going to give you five stars? No, I don't think so. But can they give you four and a half? Hmm, I don't know. Uncle Dave better get his notes ready because I think that that is quite possible. Um, I'm here to tell you that Drew McIntyre is going to defend the WWE World Heavyweight Championship and keep it on his shoulder for a bit longer. Um, he just went over 100 days as champion, as did Braun Strowman. So congratulations to the two of them. Um, as much as I love Dolph Ziggler, I don't quite think that he should be dethroning Drew McIntyre as WWE champion. But I wholeheartedly agree that I would love to see Drew uh, Dolph Ziggler become world champion once more in his WWE career before he calls it or ends up going to a different promotion at some point. And by the way, give me Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler on WWE programming again, please. Because they are truly tremendous together. Just Dolph Ziggler is tremendous. He always has been. But there's something about every single time he's with a tag team or within a group, he really – that tag team at one point or another becomes truly enjoyable. Look at what happened with Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Thoroughly entertaining to those two guys. Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, thoroughly entertaining. Um, Dolph Ziggler and and Sonya Deville, thoroughly entertaining. Um, Hell, he was a very entertaining part of the Spirit Squad. Him and Vicky Guerrero were absolutely excellent. Him, Big E, and AJ Lee were absolutely mesmerizing. Am I missing anything else, Ross? Nope. Nope. Every single time he's paired up with somebody, it always elevates whatever it is that they're doing, and then they end up being a whole hell of a lot better than what people thought they were going to be in the first place. Every single time. Dolph Ziggler is truly, truly a terrific talent. It's true. I'm picking Drew McIntyre to defend the WWE title, and I think what will be a very, very, very good COVID-era match. And if there was a crowd in San Jose at Extreme Rules this Sunday, if they were in San Jose, they would absolutely be head over heels for this match. Strong possibility. That is your horror show at Extreme Rules 2020 preview and predictions show. I will be doing a Slammiversary 2020 preview and prediction show solo. Most likely tomorrow, that show is on Saturday. The pay-per-view we just went over is on Sunday. And then uh, next week's show will be the review show of this pay-per-view, uh, same time next week. And uh, I will also be doing a review show of Slammiversary. I'm hoping to have it drop earlier in the week. Uh, but again, we will let you guys know when that drops. By the way, that is being headlined by a fatal four-way match for the vacated Impact World Championship as Tessa Blanchard is no longer with the company. She uh, relinquished the title or they stripped her of the title. And that matches Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards, Trey, and a mystery opponent, which I'm pretty sure everybody believes is going to be the returning Ethan Carter III. Or as people would know, EC3. I'm going to... I. 
I'm not going to make you pick, obviously, because you've got to do the preview, the preview show. But since I can't be honest, uh, can't be on it, I'm I'm gonna pick Ace Austin, bro. I mean, the kid is a young stud. He's been all over the place for TNA over the, for Impact Wrestling over the last few months. He's growing and growing more on people. He's a great wrestler. I mean, the kid is young. Why not try and build around him? I think that's a good. I think that's a good pick. I'm picking Ace Austin. They, they're restarting fresh since they lost Tessa. Why not? Uh, not only did they lose Tessa, they lost Michael Elgin. Yep. They, they lost a bunch of people. So they did. By the way, also um, the North are defending their tag team titles against the team of Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan, in which the North are the current and longest reigning Impact Tag Team Champions. They have been champions for 374 days. Wow. What, and before what that, a lot of people will say is one of the premier tag teams on the planet. Um, well... I could make the argument that uh, they're pretty high up there. Yeah, I mean, I've said that before. I think I've told you straight to your face that I absolutely have them in the top five. Um, by the way, the the only team that's even close when it comes to days combined as the champions is not the Lucha Brothers. It is actually the team currently known as Pride and Powerful. Ah, LAX. Yes, Ortiz and Santana. Correct. They were champions for 261 days. That's a good chunk of time. You don't see that in tag team wrestling that often anymore. You don't see long reigns unless you're the um, New Day. So uh, Beer Money, which is James Storm and uh, Robert slash Bobby Roode, because yep. he switched from being Robert to Bobby in the middle of that. Uh, they were champions for 212 days in 2011. It's a long time ago. Yes. You know what uh, else by the going on in 2011? Uh, mm-hmm. CM Punk. Summer of Punk. Right around this by the way, time. All, by the way, also, just as another uh, preview, the North have been champions for 374 days in one reign. Uh, there are only three teams that have held the belt for more days in the entire existence of Impact Wrestling. Uh, Those three teams are LAX, can I take that being t- Ortiz and Santana. Can I take a guess at another one? Sure. Uh, is Team 3D on there? They are not. Oh, really? Team 3D actually only held the belts. Again, this is the Impact Tag Team titles, not the NWA titles. Got it. Okay. So they only held the the Impact Tag Team titles twice for about four months. Um, so it's it's LAX with Ortiz and Santana. It is Beer Money. And then there was a team called the Wolves, which was Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. So that is a quick little preview for you. There, are, uh, There's presently seven matches. By the way, Deanna Perrazzo, mm. former uh, NXT talent, is getting a uh, knockout title match against Jordan Grace on that show. I'll yeah. have much more as we uh, go over for that show uh most likely tomorrow i have to figure out some technical stuff here uh tonight actually make sure i talk to you at this show or hey um you can find this show and all the rest of our shows there i've been 116 episodes of this show in which you can find the show on 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and the Anchor app. You can find our show on Instagram on the Double Turn Podcast. Our personal pages are the one and only J-Man 19, Ross the Robots 85, and of course, as I said, we've got a jam-packed lineup coming up. I already talked about the uh, review show for this pay-per-view, the preview and predictions and review show for Slammiversary 2020. Uh, what's our next show after that, J-Man? Okay, so you, you mentioned both review shows for both of the pay-per-views this weekend that are happening next week. Week after that, Through the Table is uh, coming on, end of July, little... Uh, tag team special that we're going to be doing um gerard and uh the rice crispy coming on uh friends to the show of course so they're going to be on with us then ross and i are back to the tdt classic series uh beginning of august where we are taking a deep dive into sean michaels versus kurt angle which is going to be fire um and then week after that we're going to be looking at the what ross and i believe the greatest matches in the history of SummerSlam. really looking forward to that episode and then to end uh august it'll be the SummerSlam preview show and the SummerSlam review show to end uh the role in august there because it's a a real four week uh a real four week month august is so very final thing I wanted to uh, mention on this show, even though it is an audio show and there is no video, Jorge will appreciate this. Those of you that remember our TDT show with uh, Brett versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, we had uh, a work colleague of mine named Rico who uh, joined our show. And uh, he, about a week ago, asked for shirt sizes for the J-Man and I, and I had no idea what this was for. I figured it was something for work promotion or something like that. He bought me a Cactus Jack shirt. Oh, that's that's bitching. That is very cool. Very yes. cool. Nice. So I am now the proud owner of a Cactus Jack shirt. For those of you that do not know what the Cactus Jack shirt looks like, it says, Wanted Dead or Alive, the picture of Cactus Jack or Mick Foley. And, of course, Cactus Jack, it says, the world's most dangerous wrestler, use caution, extremely dangerous. I'm here to tell you, uh, Cactus Jack is probably the best of Mick Foley's characters, even though I do have a deep appreciation for mankind. But I Mc, love And, and Mick Foley, of course. Of course, Mick Foley, yes. But, um, uh, so, yeah. by the way, I had to tell Rico about the street fight at the Royal Rumble. And he was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to check that out. It gets Triple H. Oh, my H. gosh. That is a classic, though. Don't worry, ladies yes. and gentlemen. If you are a fan of Triple H versus Mick Foley, worry not. Mick street Foley, fight at uh, Royal Rumble 2000. And not to mention No Way Out 2000, Hell in a Cell, that classic. Trust me. Ross, I, know, I believe – which I believe was technically supposed to be Mick Foley's retirement match. And that then he came correct. back a month later and wrestled at WrestleMania 2000 in that a is... McMahon in every corner match. Yes. Linda McMahon brought him back. I'm sure that in some way, shape or form in the next few months, we will absolutely do triple H versus Mick Foley in some capacity. So I'm letting you know that your shirt is on the way and it's going to be a total surprise. And I'm not blowing it because I know what it is and you're going to love it. Oh man, I'm super stoked for this. Well, thank so, I, I know I know Rico tries to listen as much as he can because he is a big supporter of the show. So if he listens to this episode, thank you in advance, my man Mano. We really, really appreciate it. That's very kind of him. Did not have to do that. 
That's Cactus Jack shirts are not easy to come by these days. By the way, sweet theme music. Oh yeah, with the little with the little guitar riff at the beginning. Awesome, Cactus Jack, love it. So big ups to Rico. I wanted to make sure I had a shout out for him again. When your shirt comes in, I will have it, and I'll, I'll have to make a special trip to get it to you or something. I know we're supposed to be doing distancing, but I can get you a shirt. So there you go. I'm sure that we can go ahead and like you know we're, we'll wear masks. Well, yeah, I get it. So yeah, anyway, I shouldn't be saying that. I wanted to I wanted to make sure that I shouted out Rico because yeah, good times. And I wanted to Great thank times. you for that. So that's very cool. Uh, again, uh thank you for listening to uh this episode and of course every other episode. If this is your first episode, welcome. If this is your hundred and sixteenth episode, we love each and every one of you. If you pop in and out for different things, we love you guys too. Don't forget yeah. to uh share this. To all your friends, if you uh, if you've got wrestling fans. By the way, I ran into a guy at my office that was like, "Oh, I didn't know you followed wrestling." I was like, "I have a podcast. You should check it out." So, yeah, hell yes, check it out. So, for the J Man, I'm Boss Ross, and you are listening to the Double Turn Podcast, and we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs> <laughs>